and welcome to a new episode of uh, Digital Coffee Gaming Brew, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and this week we're going to be talking about an interesting new client beta update for Steam. Also going to be talking about, like, my hopes for the new game that just released today, actually, which is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I'm actually pretty excited to actually start playing. Also going to be talking about the review bombing of the horizon forbidden west dlc and why it's actually not review bombing and why this is actually far more important about why we discuss on shoehorning sexual relations in games and then my other main i'm gonna give you two main topics is how to write games and why it's important to care about the hero's journey don't care if you're a man or woman hero's journey over anything else and why character matters why flaws matter and everything else so let's get on with the show. Mmm, that's good. All right, and a happy Friday to you all. I hope you are going to have a great weekend of playing video games or whatever. Don't neglect your family or friends, as always. I always say be very, very aware of how much video games you're playing because as much as I love video games, relationships are just as important, but let's get on with it. So looks like the Steam client beta has a very interesting update. There's a brand new overlay that showcases brand new utilities. There's also a game overlay section that now shows achievement progress. You're also, looks like you're gonna get a notes app within it, which could be interesting for streaming of like taking notes and everything else to do if you want to and you can actually pin it in the game so you can actually visually see it and there's a screenshot manager has been also revamped it looks like you can watch movies while gaming at the same time which i don't really know why you would be doing that because you're playing the video game why would you be watching the movie unless it's one of those games where you have to wait for like a multiplayer game to wait to actually get into it which could be a good way as well but like i said I'm not quite sure why you would be playing and watching a movie. It seems like a weird multitasking skill that you don't really need to know about or really do. But like I said, there is some interesting things within the Steam client beta, which I always like the revamping. The revamping seems really good, really modern, but also gives utilities and you don't have to have third party things to do. No taking apps, you can do it within, obviously the Steam games only, but within there as well. So it's a really fun little, nice little utilities that I'm excited to see from Steam. All right, moving on to the Activision Blizzard and them trying to merge, which is not really looking great. So CMA from the UK has decided to deny it or block it. And well, they're not gonna be sitting down on this one. They are going to appeal it. Now people are, some people are cheering on this. Some people are questioning it. I'm still questioning it and going, look at guys, this, I'm sorry, but this isn't really going to be the thing that hurts the industry as much as there is. There is a thriving indie community. There is just EA, I'm not EA, excuse me, Epic, and just basically launching a way for creators to create within the Unreal Engine or the Fortnite universe is another way for creators to do it. You got Roblox doing the same thing. You have... A bunch of different ways to actually make games that, that this is not really going to hurt anything. I get it. They're big. It's a big, big deal because it is 
two big publishers merging together. But again, Activision makes one game, Call of Duty. What Really, it's just one game. They used to make more, but now they literally make Call of Duty. That's it. Blizzard makes a few games. That's really it. Overwatch, WoW, really are the two main things that they actually really care about right now. You also have Hearthstone as well. You also have Diablo, which is the fourth game, really. you. I mean, I would have added Warcraft and Starcraft, but they haven't made those in a long time, and I don't think they're going to make them unless Blizzard, I mean, Microsoft actually buys them out. Plus, you have reports that Blizzard is just hemorrhaging talent and they can't get games released, which I think is a completely made up anyways because they're releasing or they or Diablo has already gone gold. The newest Diablo has already gone gold. So take that with a grain of salt. But like I said before, it's still too big for it to, to actually happen. There is going to be basically the, the gaming industry is going to get smaller because it's expensive to create games. I would actually foresee Ubisoft and EA merging together just because it would just make more sense and they would have a better, stronger footing on that one. But you also have the Embracer Group, which is far bigger than what Microsoft is right now. You also have Sony making really great single-player games. I already said EA. You have Ubisoft. You have Rockstar. You have 2K. You have Square Enix. You have... And these are all off the top of my head. But like I said, you have a plethora of different publishers and developers right now where this is not the biggest deal that people are making this out to be. It's just a big deal because it's two very big developers and publishers merging as one. When you get bigger, you get noticed a lot more. Is this something to be concerned about as hurting innovation? No, cloud gaming is not there yet. I'm sorry to say it, but it's still not there yet. It is an interesting prospect. I find it very interesting. It's just not there yet. Fine, you have NVIDIA doing it. You have Amazon doing it. You did have Google doing it, but they're not doing it anymore. You have Microsoft doing it. There are still plenty of different competition right now. And we should all stop thinking that once this happens, things are going to go downhill. They could or they could not. I mean, it happens. Games rise and fall, empires rise and fall. It is exactly what happens. This is (laughs) tale as old as times. Oh, cliches. But this is not that big of a deal. I know Sony is making it a big deal because they really want to, but they just bought a few, they just bought a developer recently too. So it's kind of like the, the pot kettle type of a thing like oh you're buying something big this could hurt us let's go buy this one come on guys you're, we're gonna pay for you to we're gonna buy you it's just it's smaller developers but still it's the same thing so it's all ridiculous to me it's it's just it's just going to happen they're gonna appeal it they're probably gonna have a better stronger standing than what is actually happening and it's just gonna happen anyways all right so star wars jedi survivor is out officially today it technically was out on 9 p.m yesterday but okay and i'm actually really excited to play this i do hope it builds upon the original or the first game of the star wars jedi series i'm very excited to see what changes they do how combat is a little bit faster i'm a little worried about all these little accessibility things like there's a slow mode and there's a mode to take out spiders. I'm like, come on, gamers. We're really not that soft, are we? Are we that soft that we can't play these things? Because, ooh, a 
digital spider is going to come and kill me. Like seriously, guys, whatever. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play the normal thing because I, I, that's how you should be playing the game. But I'm excited to see where the story goes, how they're going to be taking it, what new additions are. Is it going to be more open world than it is? Are we going to be able to fast track back to our ship or are we just going to have to do what it originally did and run our way back? That was a little annoying every once in a while, but hey, it was their design choice. Still a great game. Is it going to be able to better to be able to fluidly do between different lightsabers to be doing between different force powers. That was always a little, the, the clunkier part of the game, but it was still a great game. I, I love Jedi, the star Wars Jedi fallen order. I think that was still a great game, but we will see as apparently it seems like it's, it's being, re, it's being reviewed as mostly negative because it doesn't look like it's doing well for PC gamers, but whatever. PC gamers were always a little salty every once in a while, but I'll be seeing if this is any rate. I mean, I did play through last of us part one and I didn't get half as many bugs as everybody else did. So we'll see what actually happens with that. I did think that the shader thing of taking forever to actually load was really ridiculous. But beyond that, I didn't really get most of whatever everybody else was getting. It did crash on me a couple times, but beyond that, I didn't get what people were getting, but we'll see how well this actually does and if I'm going to get the same things as it, but I'm actually really excited to play this. I really hope that this completely approves upon the original game and it actually is fun to play. All right. And moving on to the horizon forbidden West DLC debacle. Now it looks like it came out and people were just unhappy about it. They were unhappy about it because from what my understanding is, it felt like the relationship was shoehorn. Yes, I understand that it's a choice, but you have to understand from the perspective of mostly straight people that just want to play a game. We don't want to jam down our throats anymore. We're tired of it. We've seen this from Bud Light. Bud Light has been getting trashed from this. Nobody's buying Bud Light or very few people are buying Bud Light because it's just getting ridiculous. The problem is, is that one side has said, we just want to be loved. We wish we want to be treated by everybody else. And then all of a sudden, that's actually not the case. You don't want to be treated like everybody else because clearly you want to be treated as special because you're over sampled in Hollywood, in the media entertainment. You are very oversampled and it's getting a little ridiculous for us normal straight people that don't want you to be oversampled. To be honest with you, I don't think there should be any romance video games anyways. It does not add to the game whatsoever. It doesn't add to the story whatsoever. It's just a little side thing. It's like, ooh, I can go bang this person. and It's dumb. It's ridiculous. It doesn't do anything. It really does absolutely nothing for the story. Review bombing, fine. But you want influencers, you all are on one side for the most part. I'm pretty sure there's some that are actually not on the same side. You are all on one side and like, Oh, review bombing. It's so terrible. Well, first of all, it is your customer saying, we don't like this. Maybe you should pay attention to it. Maybe just maybe don't jam LGBTQ stuff down our throats and expect us to like it forever and ever. We don't like it. We like characters. 
We like characters with the flaws, but we don't want this jammed down our throats. You could say, well, don't buy it. Well, yeah, if I knew it was going to be like that, I wouldn't have bought it. But it's not like this sh- it's, it's like pronounced until the game is released that it's like this way. So maybe just tell us at the beginning that you want to add this and then we won't buy it. I'm fine with that. I mean, look how much it went well for EA when they said, when they shoehorned woke stuff into their own games and they said, well, if you don't like it, don't buy it. And guess what? People didn't buy it. There is a a point where people are like, I just want a normal game that doesn't jam down things I don't believe in down my throats. And you're like, well, they've been doing that forever with straight people. Yeah, because straight people actually provide something for society, meaning that they give birth to children that helps a society flourish. That's the point of heterosexual couples or normal couples, I should say, because that should be the norm. But is review bombing bad? Well, depends. It depends on what you're review bombing. If you don't like something in the story, then fine. Tell the person that if you don't like that people review bombing things, then I'm, I hate to tell you this, but it's going to happen regardless. People are going to want to voice their frustrations regardless of what you want them to do or not. It happens all the time. If you're not, have never been on the PR marketing side of it, you don't really understand that this just happens. You have to deal with it. You have to take their criticism right or wrong. And you can by all means criticize their criticism. I did it all the time when I was working there too. I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And I just moved on with my life. But this whole thing about, oh, how dare they review bomb? This must be stopped. We are doing this righteous crusade of a goddamn game. Seriously. I mean, I saw one tweet from an influencer saying that she would never bang you. And I was like, well, she's not real. So who the hell cares? She's not real. Like, why are you making presumptions of a fictitious character that may or may not bang some basement dweller? That's always the great thing about people is like when they review bomb, they must be basement basement dwellers. They must be in the basement and then they come up to review bomb and they go back to their basement. How do you, the hell do you know? Like, I swear Twitter is the worst, like assumptions made people that I've ever seen. It's like jump to assumptions all the time. And it's usually from the most foolish people that I've ever seen that don't pick up a damn book and read it. Mind you, I would always say play video games. They're always fun, but also read books. But moving on, I don't find review bombing bad. I find review bombing part of the process. It's going to happen. Deal with it. People are going to be mad. Jedi Star Wars Jedi Survivor is getting review bombed because review bomb is like misinformation, disinformation. It's very subjective to the person that's actually doing it. And if they align with your beliefs, it's review bombing. If they do, you don't like it, then it's not review bombing. So it's just going to happen nowadays in this society because we can't come together and actually be like, you know what? You may actually have a point. I disagree with it, but you're a human being. Let's just agree to disagree and move on with our life. Nope. Nope. Can't do that anymore. Not in this society. We have turned the corner to 100% agreement or you're a bigot, which actually does happen with that too because it actually happened with people like, you didn't like it and you reviewed it terribly with this relationship type of thing that you don't agree with and don't subscribe to. How dare you bigot, transphobe, or whatever phobe you want to think of because phobias actually mean you're scared of something and people are just don't really want to see it. 
There's a difference. I'm not scared of gay people. I just rather not see two dudes kissing. It's my preference. You may want not want to see a guy and girl kiss. Okay. Your preference. But this thing about the whole thing of like, it's a phobe. No one's afraid of gay people. No one's afraid of trans people. We just don't want to see it. Plain and simple. That's not a phobia. That's just a disgust. You can call me trans disgust or homo disgust, but phobe? It's a stretch. Also, their name, so who who the hell cares? But like I said, review review bombing is going to happen regardless if you like it or not. It's just what side of the review bombing are you on is going to determine if you call it review bombing or not. It's like, because if it happens to the opposite, it's going to be like, they're just voicing their frustration of it all. It's like, well, then isn't it just review bombing? No, because it's, what I agree with, it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Got it. Next time uh, there's another review bomb, there will not be a review bomb because you agree with it. So it's people voicing their frustrations and that's how I will call it. I don't like review bombing anyways. It's just a dumb word, but mm. it's people voicing their frustration. People are visibly upset with that about this and they're voicing their frustrations. So gaming developers, publishers, take it as you will. Influencers, shut the hell up because you're not very bright most of the time. And moving on to, because I, I thought this would be an interesting thing about like how to write good story within video games, because I think it's actually important to rediscuss this because it seems like it's been going on this trajectory of like Hollywood movies where they always shoehorn in a kiss scene, a sex scene, or whatever. And I think for good or bad, I think the Witcher really like catapulted this more, the Witcher series than it ever has been. And it's kind of gotten to its climax of like, do we really all need to see this? And the short answer is no. The long answer is people like characters, not because of who they bang, but because of who they are. And I'll be like, well, it's part of your identity. It's a very small part of your identity, your personality, the way you handle things, the way you overcome adversity is far bigger than who you kiss and who you bang. Hands down. The reason why the hero's journey is such an important thing from Joseph Campbell is because it's actually true. The reason why the original star Wars resonated with so many people is because it was the hero's journey going from obscure person to finding out who you are to going through these trials and tribulations to become better and stronger to win the day is very appealing to a lot of people. You may not like that. It's actually appealing to a lot of people, but it is what it is. And I did another cliche there, but that's the important part. Having characters that have both strengths and weaknesses is very compelling. When I see too many characters have strengths, it looks like almost no or very minimal weaknesses means that you don't know how to write characters and that's a big red flag where it will not be a very compelling story also i just don't like and this is because i finally finished dying light 2 i don't like when there's actually a loss and at the end 
somehow the loss doesn't really turn out to be a loss. It's just like, I escaped this thing. Ha ha. Who's ah? It's like, well, that really kind of made it even worse. Loss needs to happen because of life. There is loss. You're not always going to win. That is more compelling that there is some type of loss, some type of adversity, some type of trial, some type of tribulation, some type of thing that you have to overcome. And it's difficult to overcome when you make it not difficult to overcome. Then people go, that wasn't really a, that, that wasn't good. It's why the new star Wars are so highly, the new star Wars trilogy of the last or the last three part trilogy. Why so high, hotly contested because Ray was a character that had very minimal trials and tribulations and easily overcame them all. It Ray was in no danger whatsoever. It was really just an illusion of which all stories are basically illusions of that, but it was a very minuscule danger she was in and you always knew she was going to get out of it. There was no feeling of, I hope she gets out of it. It was like, oh yeah, she's going to do it. And it, it really was just that. It is not a very good look and it always seems like how women are written now is very specific to their unstoppable forces of power and they will never, ever, ever have a significant trial ahead of them. They will always win the day. And then for men, and I'm going to hark back on the original star Wars series, Luke lost his hand. Luke figured out that his father was the terrible Darth Vader. I mean, that's hard things to overcome. And Luke had to find if he was going to kill his father or not. He also had a empire strikes back was basically a major L for him. Completely. He was outmatched by Darth Vader. He was still outmatched for the for some parts in Return of the Jedi, but very specifically, he was outmatched from New Hope up until Return of the Jedi, really. He couldn't defeat Vader. He couldn't do anything. He tried his best to face his demons, if you want to say it that way, but he, he lost like majorly lost. He lost a, he lost a hand for that. So that was the true hero's journey of coming back from adversity, coming back from failure and winning because he lost and people were so upset because when they saw Ray, she, she didn't really lose at all. She kind of had a bump in the road like, Oh, well, I overcome that. All right. And that was the major problem for people, for some people about star Wars, the newest trilogy. There was no type of drama. There was no type of conflict or really hard conflict resolution. There was no type of any of that. It was Ray always win the day. Ray's never in danger. I don't have to worry about it. And that just kind of made it a short falling in the, in the movies because it, they just didn't know how to write the character. And they probably still don't know how to write the character to be perfectly honest. So should we care? Should we care about this? Yes. I think men and women need to go through that. If you're going to write a character as a woman or a man, hero's journey is it how I use, I haven't written my book in a while, but how I used to like look at characters is that 
They need to have a strength, but they also need to have a very interesting weakness at the same time too. You need to make this interesting because they can't just be perfect characters. Perfect characters are boring. Perfect characters do not resonate. Perfect characters are useless. They need to have a weakness and it needs to be a significant weakness. Now, back to the love scenes and sex scenes. Does it need to be in there? No. They add literally nothing to the story. Nothing. They are filler. I'm not saying real relationships aren't are filler. I'm saying in stories, they are fillers. They add nothing for the most part. You can show love without showing kissing. You can show that emotion without all that stuff. It's just, we're very visual for the most part. So I, in some ways it helps, but overall the story, if you took, I've seen a bunch of stories where there was no kissing or love scene and it still was a good story. Like if you can take it out and still have a complete story, then there really is no point to it. And I would hope to see more, more video games and movies take them out and have no love scene whatsoever and see if that's any different because I think it's too cavalier and it just doesn't really add anything to the story. So we're going on from there. I think we should really buy from the developers that understand story and hopefully the game's good at the same time and really focus in on that and not care less about sexual orientation and love scenes and sex scenes. I think those three are complete waste of times they had add absolutely nothing, nothing to the story. But do you agree or disagree? Let me know in the comments below. But thank you for listening to Digital Coffee. As always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee and all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review. It really just help with the ratings that we're doing. And join me next week as I talk about what's going on in the PC gaming industry. All right, guys. Stay safe. Get to playing video games and keep those relationships going at the same time and read. See you later.